Hey guys, this is Alicia with Crime Squared Podcast, and this week's episode, we did things a little differently. We hope you enjoy our first rap sesh. You can find our socials on Facebook and Instagram, and if you don't mind taking a minute and heading on over to Apple Podcasts and giving us a review and subscribe, we'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you. This is Alicia. This is Katie. And this is our true crime podcast called Crime Squared. We're doing something a little different today. Yeah, so it's, I mean, obviously an episode, but um, instead of covering different types of cases and stories, we both came up with some topics that we're just kind of going to discuss our points of views on them. You guys can get to learn about how we think and our views on stuff a little bit more. Yeah. So let us know if you guys like this kind of mix up or have any suggestions for it. I looked at it like this. We might do it like once a month in place of an episode. But if you don't, then we might figure out something else. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of nice though because we don't have to do as much work per se as for our normal research. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of nice. But I don't know. Like some of my topics, like it was nice to kind of read into them because like three of my topics, I don't really understand. And so when I hear them being discussed like in the media and I mean, half of our research, I'm like, why didn't they just get a this charge instead of this one? Like, I don't always know the difference in them. So it's kind of fun. the same it, way. Yeah. It was fun to research that. Especially, you know, working in parole in the past. And then with my father-in-law being an ex-cop, like, I have a lot of questions sometimes. I'm sure that he gets real excited when I ask him because he's like, oh, I got to <laughs> more educating. All right. <laughs> Maybe the next one we do like this, we should have him on as a guest. Oh, he can, would love that. We could ask him lots of different questions on things that we don't understand. Because and we could probably ask him about that one that he covered when he got really hurt at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Article to share. Yeah, I think he would have a lot of fun with that. So stay tuned for that one, guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that for sure. Well, my first topic was the death penalty too. Okay. And then a couple other, like, little ones. Okay. So, like, four total with that one included. Okay. okay. But then just, like, discussion so, points. Normally, we try and have our episodes be, what, like, an hour-ish? Yeah. Like, time. So, these kinds of episodes, I don't know if they'll really be short or long. I guess it just depends on, I mean, if you and I disagree on some of them or have more to add on, obviously, <laughs> it'll be a little bit longer. But if we agree, it's going to be pretty short. So... <laughs> Um, let's see okay so my first one well maybe we should do that death sentence one at the very end then okay you go ahead that one so okay so one of mine was more of like the capital punishments like well um, okay so I researched a lot of the first degree second degree third degree man's or murders and then manslaughter so I don't understand the difference between the degrees and the then degrees. manslaughter. Because I didn't either. First, first degree I know is intentional killing. The second one is not planned, but it's still intentional. 
Okay. And then the third one is not intentional at all. Like it just happened on accident altogether. Is that correct? Like a op- uh, crime of opportunity. Yeah. So then what the hell okay. is manslaughter? I don't understand how manslaughter is different from any of those three. Because in manslaughter, you're still killing someone. Right? Whenever I hear about manslaughter, it's normally in like a more vicious way. Like they were hit by a car or like heavy duty machinery was involved. So it was like 100% planned and orchestrated and executed and everything. Yeah. Whenever so then what's I first of it like that? Because first degree is maybe, maybe just like if they shoot them or uh, what's it called when they're like bashing their head? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like they gouge their head. No, I don't know. Uh, I'm having a brain fart. I'm having a pregnancy moment. Bludgeon? Oh, bludgeon. Bludgeon to death? Something like that. Like, I would, and correct us if we're wrong, guys, but that's my understanding whenever I've heard of it in a case, is first degree is like smaller assault weapons Mm -hmm. like that, like a gun or a bludgeoning tool like a shovel or a stick or something like that versus like heavy machinery was involved so maybe like their um weapon of choice how they decided to kill them Hmm. okay well on the second on the second degree murder when i was looking it up a lot of stuff that i found said that Second-degree murders are less serious than the first degree, but more serious than manslaughter. So does manslaughter just get kind of thrown in between second and third-degree murder? Maybe. That would be a good question for your father-in-law. Because mm. I don't understand the degrees, like, to be yeah. honest. And I also don't understand how they can just be, like, all jumbled in together. Mm-hmm. during a case and then you can either get like life in prison or the death sentence or you can just get 20 to life like how do they determine that mm-hmm. because and how do they determine like, if they're going to serve you not serve you if they're going to allow your good time like good behavior or like time served already? yeah I mean and even if you get discharged you know if, if you are sentenced to five years in prison how do they determine if you're five years in jail or five years in prison? And once they determine that, sometimes the judge will say, and your time served will count towards that. Like if he hasn't been sentenced yet and you guys are holding him in jail while like awaiting trial and all that, why is he getting good time for that? So how come he gets to get out, you know, 60 to 90 days early because of the time that he served for a crime he committed. So just like we had a way to for him to get arrested for the police to get paperwork and warrants and all of that how come he doesn't have to wait for it you know yeah like you have to wait to see what your your sentence is yeah and then whatever time you were in there just that's I don't want to say wasted time but essentially yeah like it's the same amount of time that we had to take to find you Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
that I don't understand because some cases do it and some cases don't. So maybe it depends on the judge or the state. Yeah. Because I don't know. I think it's annoying though because when you, when they're going to jail, no matter what the crime was, they do something illegal. Okay. Period. So yeah. if you are giving them good time behavior, it's like, oh, well, you uh, you were sitting in jail. So we'll give you like extra credit type of thing. Like, no, they still committed a crime. No, you still killed somebody. Yeah. That and I don't understand <clears throat> how some judges give the opportunity for parole and others don't. Because if you killed somebody like on any of the spectrums, first, second, third degree, manslaughter, I feel like parole should automatically be off the table. Mm-hmm. I like, agree. if you killed somebody, you're in there for life or you're getting the death sentence. That's it. Unless... You don't get to get out again. Unless it was, like, self-defense. Like, if somebody was coming at you or if you were being raped and somehow were able to... I mean, obviously, when you're being raped, like, you're not trying to... I mean, I would imagine you're not trying to kill them you're just trying to get away from them but if the only way for you to get away from them is to kill them I don't think that you know you shouldn't I mean if for some awful reason you are actually being like they're trying to sentence you and charge you with murder that type of a situation is way different than you know if you hated someone or if you were out somebody okay I just want to make sure we were going that way if if it was in (laughs) any way self-defense and you had not planned to kill somebody or even had a thought in your head, you were just doing it to survive. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should have to go to jail or do anything for that. You were mm-hmm. literally saving your own life. Yeah. It's not fair for them to say, no, you killed somebody. So now you have to go to jail yeah. or prison. But the other person was trying to kill you. Because they came after you. You did not instigate it. You did not start it. You had Mm -hmm. nothing to do with this. You wouldn't have been anywhere even near the, we'll say, crime of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it's on that person's fault. They died because they tried to kill you or they tried to rape you. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's the same way with like the date rape drug. If someone yeah. tries to date rape you and you end up switching your drink back with them and something happens to them, that's their own fault. Yeah. That's not your fault I agree. for protecting yourself. That's completely and totally self-defense. And because it, I've heard of a couple, a couple cases get, like that. But they get screwed out of that type of a situation. Like, like it's not like you even knew it was happening. So why are you even being penalized for it? Right. It's the same way, like, if somebody steals your identity, like, you should not be held accountable for anything that they do when they stole your identity. Yeah. They did it. You didn't ask them to do it. And then they ruined, you know, your credit or they bought a bunch of stuff or did drugs, drug dealing under your name or something. Yeah. You had nothing to do with that. I feel like that's along the same lines exactly you know a good um example for this type of a situation is uh Santonia is that how you say it Santoya Brown have you heard of her before the name sounds familiar refresh me uh, she was a sex trafficker when she was a teenager 
and I believe she killed like there was a gentleman that was raping her and somehow she killed him and then she was charged with murder if I remember it correct, correctly like don't quote me on that if it was something along those lines though I mean I do not shame any type of sex workers like you do you no judgment right here. but just because you are a sex worker does not mean that you anyone is entitled to take advantage of you it's if not you say you. no that means no no matter what the situation is if you paid to them already then just fucking give them more money back but that does not mean that it is okay for you to take advantage. This woman, right. um, she killed her attacker and she was being charged for it. And I'm pretty sure she had been enduring that type of um, abuse lifestyle yeah, for a while. And I mean, she was just finally over it. And the, the only way she could get out of it was by killing him. And I mean, it wasn't just like she woke up like one day. Her pimp? Um, I think so. I remember reading a lot about it like a while ago because I have her on I don't have her on my Facebook but on my time hop it comes up with like that story the article comes back you know every year I think it was like early October maybe maybe it was early September and so I share it every year but mm, I don't remember exactly how it was but I mean I am between like an agreed upon sexual act for a sex worker mm-hmm. and then if that we'll say you know john becomes so aggressive that that person that worker doesn't feel comfortable she can she or he can say no at any point yeah and it's not okay for them to say we well, already paid you no yep. exactly. i no longer feel safe i am saying no you need to back the hell off and get out. Mm-hmm. That's it. And at that point, it changes over from being a mutual act of business mm-hmm. to self-defense. Yep. And even if she did kill him, what was he doing that she felt so unsafe Yeah, and that friend. she had to do that to get out? Yeah, Maybe you should look at that instead of well, she was a sex worker. That's like saying, well, maybe she shouldn't have worn that skirt. No, yep. bullshit. You could walk <sighs> like, out. Like, don't dress naked. provocatively. Mm-hmm. You, you should be able to walk out in the street naked and not get raped. I don't care what yep. you're wearing. Yep. It's the same thing with, oh, well, she wasn't wearing a bra. What the fucking do? Yeah. Doesn't affect like, you in any way or form. No. That's your problem if you can't help yourself. If you can't help yourself, you need to seek help. Yep. Because you should be able to control your urges. People are not just walking around saying, hey, come at me. No. Yeah. Not how it works. And I feel like that's a big issue in sex workers. Even more so with like transgender people. Mm -hmm. They get taken advantage of even more so. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, and like even when we go to strip clubs, I love strip clubs. I will never, ever, ever, ever be ashamed and say that I, I don't like them, that they may make me uncomfortable. I love going to strip clubs. I love supporting ladies. I love naked ladies, like all about it. But it drives me freaking bonkers when I go to a strip club and I'm sitting up there by the stage and then I hear like the, the strippers being like, no, you can't touch me and you can't do this. And then you got some, usually people are drunk when they go to a strip club. So they're kind of belligerent, whatever. Right. But. When it happens to be that douche guy or douche female that says, well, what am I here for? Why am I paying you? 
Like, dude, you came into a strip club. You come here to see ladies dance and be naked. That doesn't Look, say anything touch. about touching them. Yeah. And a lot of the strip clubs that I've been to lately even have signs up that say, you can look, but don't touch. Like, you're at a strip club. You're not at a fondle house. Like, if you, right. like, at some strip clubs, you know, if you pay for a private, sometimes the strippers will say, you can touch me here. But if I say no, then that means no. Just be respectful about it. But you're not, right. like, people don't go to strip clubs. Well, you shouldn't anyways, because apparently people do. But just because you go to a strip club does not mean you get to touch the naked ladies. Like, you are going there to see them dance, to work the stage, to do their job. Not to be fondled by anyone ever. Yeah. Guys, me freaking bonkers. Oh, bonkers. They're called strippers, not touchers. <laughs> oh man, but kudos to the strippers that continue to put up with that because oh man, people I've heard. I'm sure they put up with that like every night. I would not be able to. I would probably be that one person that if I went into that industry, I would end up punching somebody. Oh yeah, which I mean I've seen that happen as well, but. Then the next time that I go back to the strip club, then you just happen to see a lot more security by the stage when a certain stripper's up there. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they also get in trouble for it. That's probably not good for the business. But still, like, they're still trying to make don't a living. Like, that's their job. Just be respectful. And I, I mean, in the beginning, like, I don't think people really think about, yes, they might be comfortable and have been stripping for a long time. But when they first start and the beginning of every night, I'm sure every shift, like they're probably a little nervous. Like you're right. literally in the most, you're 100% naked most of the time. So you're very vulnerable. So your body is your temple. I'm sure strippers, I don't know if you've ever tried dancing on a pole. It is some serious Girl, work. I've done it like as a workout. Before. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I have done it as an exercise before with a couple of my girlfriends. That shit is hard. I did it for like an I hour and got bruised up. Oh my gosh, it looked like I had been attacked. And I, I strippers, I applaud you because that is some serious work. On top of working your ass off, like literally sweating up on stage, trying to be all sexy and make money, then you got to deal with douchebags. I think they can just funnel you all the time. And the moment you say no, they're like, oh, oh, now you're offended? Oh, geez. They're so. literally up there working out for however long their shift is. Mm-hmm. And then you add on whatever it is, six, eight, 12 inch heels on top of that. I can't walk in three inch heels without looking <laughs> like a baby deer. So kudos to you. If you are able to do that, I am not that graceful. I'm almost five, eight, so I don't <laughs> need to wear heels, but let's just say this. I wore flip flops to my wedding. So that's the Not kind either. of girl I am. I, I applaud you if you can wear high heels like that all the time. I'm just not that person. Yeah, that takes some serious work. Oh, man. And the amount of muscles that they have, holy cannoli. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I could not imagine being able to hold yourself up on a pole and then doing, like, up da- upside down flips and all this other stuff. Like, I would and crack spinning. my head open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> so As, when I was um, doing the exercise with one of my girlfriends, she was trying to show me how to do this flip. And I, I really hope that she listens to this episode because we talk about this <laughs> probably at least once a week and we always get a hoot out of it. But she was trying to me, show me how to do this flip where you are upside down, but you're kind of holding yourself up by your shoulder. And this was around the same time frame that I was like, you know what? I need to work out because I want a stronger upper body. I Before that, I had never been able to do a normal push-up on myself. And she showed me, she goes, you just do it like this. I'm like, you don't even work out. 
like ever how are you able to support yourself with your shoulder and she's like like this and then her and a couple of the other girls were trying to like hold me up and then I was like all right I got it like oh they let me go and I fell right on my shoulder it was awful it was so embarrassing I was like and I'm done and eventually after I started working out but I have yet to try and do that now just because that was such a bad day (laughs) I'm sure I would just keep falling on my ass or my head so intense but I would like to actually like we just like looked up YouTube videos and tried to figure out how to do cute stuff on what we saw like as exercise <laughs> so then when we go into strip clubs I'm just like amazed at some of the tricks that those girls can do I'm like man you don't you can't right. even and I'm like yes they have muscles but you wouldn't think like they go and lift weights all the time you know like you think that they just practice non-stop on a pole oh man well lifting your own body weight I mean that's a lot of work yeah oh yeah well I mean most of granted the show club that I used to encounter frequently um it was a lot of like tinier girls so I mean maybe 115 oh. pounds you know like so like, I'm probably breakfast. yeah I was like I'm a good 150 on a good day and that's quite a bit of body weight so when I do a body weight workout like there's some weight there to work out with <laughs> right <laughs> we're working with some poundage here oh man. hey that's, that's what where I am normally not too. pregnant yeah <laughs> so okay I found this article that I um when we were talking about um women killing <clears throat> I shouldn't say women because it can happen the other way around too it can be a man that's being taken advantage of by a female which victims yeah we'll say victims but um this girl was from Alabama she said that she shot and killed a man after he beat and raped her and she was charged with murder even though it was self-defense. Yes, because she was accused of shooting him three times in the kitchen of the home. So from well, what you I gotta make sure that motherfucker's not coming back. I mean, yes, but it's also, you know, if he's if they're running away from you, like you can't shoot him in the back because that's not self-defense. True. You know, like you just gotta be a little smart with it. But I mean when you're I don't want to say in the heat of the moment, but when you just got done getting beat and raped and whatever. If you are able to grab it, by the time you're able to do anything with that gun or knife and their back is turned to you, you have that adrenaline rush and so full of emotion. I can't imagine. Like, I feel like I would have done the same thing, though. Yeah. Like, Like, I would have at least got him in both legs so that he couldn't run away. Yeah. He would have needed to seek help so that they could find him. Mm -hmm. Because I would have been so full of rage. I'm sure people are always thinking, well, you could have just taken a step back. Like, no, if you have been enduring this type of abuse for a long time you're not going to be in the proper mindset to be like you know what how can I properly execute this like let me plan it out because then it's a murder like you act in the moment because you're so fed up and so emotional and tired so I mean that would technically be like a crime of passion Mm -hmm. but I feel like if you're enduring that and then someone's like they take advantage of you like that rape you beat you whatever and then they start to run away Mm -hmm. and I've never been in this situation I've never been abused anything like that so I don't know how I would react in that situation but in my head in this moment I would like to think that I would injure them enough to where they would need to seek medical help Mm -hmm. and they would be found that way Because I could tell them, this is the kind of gun that I use. 
this is where I shot them. They looked like this, you know, Mm -hmm. I would want that person. I don't know that I would want to kill them because I would want them to suffer. Yeah. Whether that sounds cruel and unusual, whatever, whatever they did to me to make me feel that way. Mm -hmm. I feel like equals out to them going to jail or. Yeah. I hate to say being physically disabled, but I was always taught shoot for the kneecaps. See, and, and that's that a big difference you know. a lot of people, I mean, it also makes a big difference too. the type of lifestyle and like mindset that you have. Like if you grew up, you know, in the hood and your mom was a druggie and a prostitute and didn't enjoy the prostitution, she was just doing it because she was so desperate. That's different than willingly doing it because like you enjoy it, you know? Right. Um, and if your dad was abusing your family, like that's a whole different scenario because you can't say that you are. 100% open-minded because you have been exposed to nothing but negative lifestyle your entire life versus like you just said, right. you've never been around that. So you've had the opportunity to, you know, do research and like hear about other people's stories and then also like handle your own, like know as a grown woman, mother of two married, happy life with your in-laws and your parents and all that, that you can, fully process you know if I was ever in that situation I think I could handle my own type of thing versus when you're just so fed up with how your entire life has gone down the drain type of thing you you don't know anything else yeah it's more of a I've been educated on it not Mm -hmm. lived it Mm -hmm. and those are two completely different scenarios yeah so I can't you don't, you have no idea how you're going to act until you're in the situation. Mm-hmm. So you have to take everything that we say in these kinds of situations with a grain of salt because we yeah. don't know how we would act. I have no idea. But if you put it towards, you know, say our families, I feel like I would act out with rage. Mm-hmm. And if someone hurt my child or hurt my husband or my family members, mm-hmm. I would do anything to get that person if oh, that yeah. means that I have to go to jail because I killed them fine to protect because your own what you yeah. did to my family was worth that oh I yeah no problem my first one was how long do you think a case should stay open until it's considered a cold case oh gosh I think it would depend on on the situation like what was his name? BTK. If yeah. he, if they would have stopped that after a year, there would have been so much left. Like, I mean, they were finding stuff out for years on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would kind of just, I don't want to say fall off the face of the earth, but all of a sudden it would kind of go cold and then he would do something again, you know, to spike the media's attention and stuff. Right. But, you know, like if he was just- keeping it alive. If mm-hmm. he hadn't kept it alive, it would have probably died and he would have never been found. Yeah. If he didn't point all fingers to him. But at some point, like some of that kind of stuff, like it, I'm sure, especially now, because I think people are just jerks, but you also deal with people that like to just kind of see a rise in the neighborhood. You know, like, yes, he did all of that stuff. But if it would have been 
what if it would have been just a teenager like just playing a practical joke and then took it too far you know like then would he still get in trouble for it if he was just leaving all of these like fucked up notes everywhere um if he was a teenager leaving all the notes everywhere Mm -hmm. I feel like he would have been reprimanded and he could have served some time in jail Mm -hmm. because he was obstructing justice then yeah and he was, I mean, taking away valuable resources towards actually finding the killer and away from those families from finding what happened mm-hmm. to their their kids. Yeah. And, I think it depends I mean, on how serious the situation is. I mean, if there's really people's lives being put at risk, people dying or torture happening, I don't think it should ever be a cold case because at the end of the day, there's still families that are waiting for an answer. Right. Like, a lot of those cases, you know, as soon as a a new deputy is put on the investigation, like, it's just a whole new set of eyes going over the same stuff that everyone has already gone over. But maybe there's one little detail that stands out to him because he's never seen it before. You know, it's just like when you get into a routine of, I was telling Jesse this the other day, 7.30, got to drop the kids off at school, daycare, be at work by 8. At at 10.15, you have your first break, then you have lunch. Like, you just get into this routine and it becomes kind of blah you know after a while so i'm sure that when When you're a police officer you're looking at the same thing over and over again like nothing is going to stand out to you anymore because you have it all memorized right because the national institute of justice currently defines a cold case as any case whose um probative investigative leads have been exhausted in essence, this means a case that is only a few months old may, de- may be defined as being cold. So wow. if they have no more leads, like they've run out of stuff, they could define it as cold after a couple of months, which I don't think is right. I think like a minimum, no. you have to have a year's worth of work on it. Yeah, holy cow. Because you don't, I mean, that's not... So much can if, happen after just a couple of months. Yeah, if it was my family or kid or relative, whatever... That something happened to if it had only been three months and they're like well we don't have any more leads we don't know where to go i've been like figure it the fuck out because like you're literally the investigator this is your job like yeah. we pay you to do this to figure this That's out awesome. i understand like maybe you need to bring in someone else on the case mm-hmm. or there's so many dna sperm all that kind of stuff in the backlog that I bet you mm-hmm. half of the cold cases could be solved if they actually just put the money towards that stuff and oh, actually yeah. testing it. Yeah. And there have been cases, like I heard one the other day that the evidence that they took the DNA, it took them eight months to test it. Eight months. Like what could happen in those eight months? How many more you victims? Were- waiting to test this stuff just because you're in a backlog or whatever like Mm -hmm. you need to employ more people to put more work towards testing that stuff Mm -hmm. because I bet you a lot of those crimes could be solved oh yeah if you would actually just do the footwork go step by step test what you need to test Mm-hmm. instead of just like pedal footing around it. Well, it's like it. a lot of the, I don't know, 
I don't want to say like Spy Kids for an example, but a lot of movies and TV shows when they are pretending to be police officers and agents and whatever, if somebody can be creative enough to think of implementing this in a movie as a tactic of how to do an investigation just for a movie, I think somebody in real life could actually make that a thing for a real investigation for a real deputy, you know? Like, right. yes, you have to think outside of the box, but if it's creative and if it, they can somehow make it work in a movie, I'm sure that you could figure it out logistically and to be a real form of it, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, like to implement it as part of your plan of action. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I tell them all the time, you know, this is not real. Like, this is just a movie. And she's like, well, yeah, but why wouldn't they do that in real life? I'm like, that's a good question. Again, I don't know everything that cops do and whatnot so it might be something that they already do but I mean if my 10 year old daughter can ask me why don't they do that in real life that's a good question let me ask who the hell do I ask (laughs) well that kind of leads into my next point about why aren't they using social media to their advantage because now with like I don't know if you listen to the podcast Jensen and Holes or by Jensen and Holes um the crime squad they're one of them does documentaries on all of these murder suspects and stuff like that. And then the other one is one of the guys that helped solve, um, what's the one in California? The big one, the Hillside Strangler. Oh yeah. He was on all of those kinds of cases. Hmm. Um, and they've solved like four or five cold cases just really? based on their podcast because they're getting all of this information out to people huh. and then more people are submitting their dna through like ancestry.com and allowing them I, to actually use it i love that ancestry.com is being utilized for all of this kind of stuff and not just to help with family trees like that because that is so freaking awesome so freaking awesome until you find out that like you're first cousin that you grew up with that his best friend's cousin was actually a murderer because all because he submitted or somebody submitted some dna sample like could you imagine how traumatic that would be well that's my question and if anybody knows the answer to this i would love to know it why are they not implementing it sooner i understand there are certain points where you can't give out that kind of information because it might deter the person committing the crimes away from what they're doing Mm -hmm. but at some point there's so many people like us that have podcasts or that are interested in this kind of stuff that are a see something say something kind of group Mm -hmm. that if you implemented resources like us into those environments you would probably have half the amount of cost to actually find someone Mm -hmm. you would be able to have 10 times more eyes in the community oh yeah they actually had that information and more theories like i mean i think when you go to i would assume and imagine that when you are going to like a police academy going through all of that training they're teaching you to be open-minded and to think outside of the box but for people like you and i that have never had that kind of training we have our like our minds kind of wander differently and we come up with different theories that would make sense to us 
and they right. could also be like, well, that could be like that's a great theory. Like, why they should be listening to more podcasts like us. I just it makes sense to me as you know a free resource to be able to use mm-hmm. to figure these things out faster. Why not use your community? Because yes cops and investigators and stuff are supposed to be there to protect and solve these kinds of crimes but when they aren't doing it in a timely manner and they're not actually solving any of them and there's so much in the backlog why wouldn't you use resources that are free to you like i know if a cop or an investigator came to me and was like hey can you feature this on your show i'd be like 100 percent. let's do it what do you got for me why would you not do that? Why is that not part of the system? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I know some people would try and take advantage of it and be like, oh, well, for $5,000, I can feature this on my show. Yeah. No, that's not the right kind of people that you want to be using. I yeah. understand that you want to make money. Like, obviously, we want to make money from this podcast at some point. We put a lot of work and time and opportunity into this. But we also are passionate about... Yeah, we, we're passionate about the crimes that we talk about and mm-hmm. why they're happening and if we mm-hmm. can stop them and make people more vigilant when they're out and about. Hey, look for this. See something, yeah. say something. Don't just go la-ti-da about your day. I mean, if something is suspicious, say something. Yeah, oh, for sure. So that got me a little riled up. <clears throat> hey, okay. Um, Nana, when we went to Walmart earlier this week, um, I think most Walmarts still have it. I don't know for sure. I usually don't ever go into the bathrooms, like in the front of Walmarts where they have those, um, like missing kids pictures everywhere. Yeah, they do at Sam's Club too. Do they? Um, Mm -hmm. Ariana was like, mom, look at all of those missing kids. Like you should take pictures. So if we're out and about and we see them, I'm like, oh girl like yes like I'm happy that you want to do that but like it's it's almost impossible to like take a mental note and take a picture of every single one like are we going to be walking on the street and stopping every kid let me make sure that you're not one of the missing ones and, like scroll through my phone like no that's right. not a thing you it's know, a dime but a dozen unfortunately but it's more or less of to... a kid that's acting suspicious or you can tell it's exactly like, scared like I mean, it wouldn't hurt off. to yeah, or, you know, to talk to your parents about it. Like, that's why I always tell Nana, stranger danger. Like, if somebody says yeah. that they're going to hurt me, chances are that's not true. Scream. If you don't know them and they're doing something that you do not like or you don't know them, scream. Like, someone will help you. Oh, it just really sucks because I know when I was growing up, anytime we watched, like, really any type of TV, there's always a commercial of America's Most Wanted and stuff like that. Like, is that even still a thing anymore? Like, yes, I know that you can buy the, what is it, like, Hulu with no commercials and Netflix with no commercials, but, like, still somehow that type of thing, I would not mind seeing across my my TV. Like, I wouldn't want to skip this ad because, like, some shit's happening out in the world and all of a sudden, like, it's just not being utilized anymore because no one's being informed because they don't run those ads anymore. Oh, my gosh, look at that balance. She literally cannot get any lower. No, she looks even lower from like, when we recorded this last time. Funny. Yeah. Okay. How many states do you think 
the death penalty is legal in? Uh, well, I looked this up too. Did you? And okay. I came up with 24. Yep. I just sent okay. you a picture of the one that I found that is probably my favorite because yeah, I like that it breaks down. Did we? Oh. Yeah. So, first of all, okay. I sent her, I sent Katie this picture um, from procon.org that it has, I can see all the colors on this one. Um, the death penalty, the states <laughs> that are legal are in green, and then the blue ones um, where it's illegal are in blue, and then I think it's orange or red. Orange. Um, yeah. Where the death penalty is legal, but the moratorium is in place. So the moratorium is basically they're awaiting an appeal or something like that. Is that correct? Yeah, what I saw was it's based on the governor. Um and the voters in the state are likely to repeal that state's death penalty. I'm kind of surprised that there's only so, three states like that. I feel like there's, I feel like in America, you're either right wing or left wing as uh-huh. far as the death penalty goes. Uh-huh. And the states that are like, eh, they're just there because they have too good of a mix of both. Yeah, because the South is is very pro death penalty. Mm-hmm. Like, you do something messed up, you should die. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. Texas, Florida, all of those places like that are like that. Which also really surprises me because, um, okay, I hope no one gets offended with this term because I I know that there's a nicer term to say it. I just know that this is how I was explained about it last year when we came out to visit in South Carolina and it was called the Jesus belt or the Bible belt. Oh, yeah. Bible belt. I didn't know how serious I was until living here. I mean, last year when we were here visiting, I mean, I kind of figured, but not that bad. We went pop-up golfing and told the gal when we paid that we had just moved here and right away she goes, Oh, you guys should go to church. And my grandson does this. I'm like, girl, uh, yep, moved here from Nebraska, and you're already trying to enforce God on me. Like, and we don't even know you. Who the hell do you think you are? But like, she was just being nice, and I know that that's just how Southern women are. Like, it's whatever. But I was just kind of annoyed that that's the first thing you go to. Not, oh, have you taken your kids to do this, or have you eaten here, or have you went to go see? Th-? Like, you went straight to Jesus, like for real. So it surprises me because with people abiding by absolutely every word that the Bible says, supposedly, and yet they are enforcing the death penalty? Well, I mean, the Bible also has stuff about stoning women, and it's a, it's a good mix. But it's, it's, a, it's definitely a conundrum, and I was very surprised by that. I wouldn't, if I was in your situation, I wouldn't have been surprised by that. No? But I've also lived in the South before, so... Yeah, I, I grew up not. a Baptist, so yeah. I mean, I'm not a Baptist anymore. We don't go to church anymore. We're very you live how you want to live, I'll live how I want to live. But growing up Baptist, oh, hundred percent, you'd get that everywhere. Yeah, like well, I mean, if I grew- you found someone that was not raised in some sort of Christianity, mm-hmm. it would be just mind blowing. Yeah. To find someone like that. Today it's well, more I mean, normal. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But I mean, I grew up Catholic. 
and then very Mexican. So it's like, I remember, I don't know, there was a guy that I dated, I think then I was like two. He was in the National Guard, I want to say. He took me to visit his family in Kansas and his, like all of his family was there, like all his aunts, sisters, cousins, like everyone was there, even his grandparents. His grandma and all the ladies got up at like 5.30 that Saturday morning to start cooking for the men. So they got up and started cooking for the family, but the men always get served first. And then the women would serve them their meal. When they were done eating, then they would sit down and eat. If the men wanted seconds or whatever, the women would go up and get it. And I had just started dating this dude. So I was like, um, no, I'm not serving you your food. And his grandma wouldn't stop lecturing me about it. Like, if you were... Were these, like, Mormons or... No, I mean, and they were all very nice. Like, they were sweethearts. Like, besides this aspect of it, I had a great time with them. But, like, it sucks because I know my mom did the same thing for my stepdad. Not so much of, like, the servant type, but, I mean, he worked all week out of of state or out of town because we lived in Harvard and my stepdad would go to Omaha for work all week long, come home on the weekend... So yeah, my mom would be like, here, like, let me, you know, do your laundry. Like, let me be your wife and like sweet stuff. It was never like, okay, well, the man's home. So now we all cater to him. It was never that type of a vibe. And I think most, I mean, like you and I do our cooking and cleaning for our husband, but they don't expect that from us. You know, like I, Jesse helps me with everything. We divvy everything up. I know that if one day I was tired and I said, do you want to just do that stuff? I don't really feel like it. He'd be like, sure, like no problem. But he would right. never expect yeah. me to do it. And it's such a habit for me because my mom, I know she did the same thing for my stepdad and my grandma did the same thing for my grandpa and my aunts did the same thing for their husbands. And so when I cook or when we're eating, warming up food, I try and serve Jesse his plate. And he's like, I am a capable grown ass man. I can do it on my own. I'm like, oh, okay, like it's fine. But now I'm almost to the point that I feel like a little offended. Like, why can't I serve you your plate? Like, why can't I make your plate for you? Like, why is that so like, abnormal when you know growing up it was the men gets to do everything first at this particular house with my that guy that I was dating and it was just awful I hated it it's like I'm not getting up at fucking 5 30 in the morning to cook you any damn food no you can have oh, a bowl no. wake up and I mean they were making pozole like full-on soups and all kinds of stuff and oh geez like some men are you know ladies first when they open the door versus right no, like, I'll sit down first, and then when I'm done, then you can sit down, like, who the hell do you think you oh, are? hell no. Yeah, not happening, especially, like, I'm just now meeting the family, and it was for, like, Christmas, so it was just all really bad timing, because then I was stuck with them for, like, four days, but, like, that was a long freaking four days of them expecting me to do all of this stuff for a guy that I just started seeing. Mm-mm. We broke up, like, I two have days no after problem. that. <laughs> serving my husband food, but if I'm serving him food, we're all eating together. Mm-hmm. It's usually like he's out in the backyard with our son. And I just set everything on the table. I'm yeah. Like, okay, come in. It's time to eat. Like, if I had a bell, I would. <laughs> come eat. <laughs> or oh. I'll put everything on the table and you serve yourself. Yeah. Like, it's not a, oh, I'll wait until you're done eating. Hell no. I'm hungry, too. And I made all this shit. Yeah. And yeah. I'm more of the thinking of if I made it, then you get to clean it up. Mm-hmm. Like it's 50 50. Yeah. And we had that issue a couple years ago. I think it was at Thanksgiving. It was probably more than a couple years ago. We still lived in Nebraska where it was Thanksgiving and 
all the women had cooked all the food, which fine. Like some men just can't cook. My husband can't cook to save his life. We get done eating, we start cleaning up and I take all the dishes to the sink and everything. And all the guys start walking over to go watch football. And I was like, um, excuse you? Oh, hell no. Go wash the dishes. Mm-hmm. And they all just looked at me. I was like, one can wash, one can dry, and one, one can, can put, put it away. away. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially and when it's at me Thanksgiving and... where there's so much extra stuff. Yeah, there is. there are dishes coming out of your ears. Mm-hmm. And they just looked at me like, uh, and I was like, you're not handicapped. Did you enjoy the food? Did you eat? Yes. Great. Participate. Yep. Be a part Give of thanks. <laughs> that was the first time that I was super irritated with the guys. I was like, I don't know where you learned this, but it's time to relearn because I'm not mm-hmm. here for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I don't I like just, it there. That <clears throat> we kind of got off on a tangent there. Yeah. So I guess basically what I was getting at is that I'm surprised that the death penalty is so, um, like the people are so for it down in the South when, you know, the Bible says more or less that the women should serve the men. So I don't know. There's just a lot of things that contradict that because yes, women were stoned, but at the same time, men were like never wrong. So does the death penalty, do no like, wrong, yeah, yeah do, do people think that the death penalty is more for women then or for men too? I mean, if you go according to the Bible, also, if people are not religious, you shouldn't be associated with them, right? You should always try and shove Jesus stuff down their throat, right? So like you kind of pick and choose what parts of the Bible you want to listen to. So are you a devoted Stop. religious folk? Things like that, like just really surprised me. And so when I started reading about the death penalty, I was like, dang a lot of very contra con i can't say that word controversial, controversial. yep there we go <laughs> opinions about well the other thing with the death penalty is the equivalent of how many people get sentenced to death versus how many people are actually how do i say it put to death mm-hmm. per year because oh, yeah. uh in 2020 there was 2600 people sitting on death row but mm-hmm. only 17 executions. Yeah. Because they were either, they were waiting a stay. They were, you know, waiting for plea deals. They were waiting for all this other stuff. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even 1% of the people that, that were put on death row mm-hmm. that actually died on death row for that yeah. year. And those people just keep, you know, What's the word? Wasting tax money? That too. (laughs) But they just keep rolling over every year. Oh, yeah. Why is it? I mean, it's not worth it. It doesn't make sense to me why we're putting them on death row and then just letting them, wow, that's beautiful. Letting them sit there. Mm -hmm. so i didn't know that there were other capital punishments along with the death sentence um like firing squads i didn't even know that was a thing did you know that was a thing what is it firing squads uh i i've heard of it but i didn't think it was still a thing today um apparently it's trying to make a comeback type 
Um, which, I mean, if you kill someone in a brutal way, I think it should be okay. But I mean, I, I had never heard of it, so I didn't think it was like a thing, you know? I thought that was ruled under one of those like cruel and unusual ways to die mm-hmm. like cruel and I unusual mean, punishment yes but at the same time uh where was that one that I found um, okay so this are this website that I found it talks about gas chambers and mm-hmm. it says that Arizona actually began refurbishing its gas chamber that the last time it was used was 1999 and that it started to execute inmates with the gas chambers late last year so they had actually bought hydrogen cyanide gas which is what they used um during the holocaust and alabama too could be planning on doing executions by gas changer gas chamber but with nitrogen hypoxia but it's I mean, yes, that's a cruel and unusual way of punishment. But at the same time, what type of guidelines are they doing for this? So, I mean, if it was just a serial murderer, serial rapist that feels absolutely no remorse, anything like that, like he's being used. I mean, it's not like this is really something that you can practice and see if it works, you know? So they're bringing it back, but it's not a thing as of right now? Correct because they're trying to figure out how it is that they can make it a thing because there's not really a way to test it out. Which, you know, back in the day when they were doing the electric chair, there was a lot of people that, especially, you know, taller, bigger people would need a lot more of that juice to be offed versus somebody probably of our size because we're a lot tinier, probably doesn't take as much to kill us. But back then, you know, when they were experimenting, the way they experimented was by doing it on inmates and stuff so sometimes they didn't die but then they were just left basically like vegetable shape you know so they would have to do it again yeah so how are they testing that now i mean like i said for situations like that where if it was just serial rapist and whatever and he had no remorse i don't feel bad for him if he's going to be like off anyways i don't care how you do it just do it but even with that being said i mean the last person to actually die by lethal injection was in 2005. That was George Sibley, um, and that was in Alabama. And his wife, Linda Block, she, they were both convicted of capital murder. She was executed in 2002. He was executed in 2005. And their capital murder was they killed a cop. So they killed one person. And yes, it was a deputy. So, like, he was, you know, a deputy, a little more serious and an average show, unfortunately, you know, especially with, right. I mean, if you kill a cop versus, you know, an, a normal person, for some reason, it's a little more frowned upon, but they killed one person and they were killed by lethal injection. And then I think she was killed by um, the electric chair. And then Richard Moore, mm-hmm. he was sent in 2020 and he, they keep delaying his execution by lethal injection by, um, because they are short of supply for it. How are you short of supply when you're only killing like 17 people a year? So that's what I'm saying. Like, so where's Something all fishy of there? Supply? Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. 
Like that? Like I feel like if you sentence somebody to death, mm-hmm. and there are, you know, the one-offs that, you know, they might not be the person that actually committed the crimes. But if you know 100% solid evidence, DNA, all that, there should be a limit as to when you kill that person mm-hmm. like within a year they have to be on death row because 2600 people to be sitting there on death row mm-hmm. is insanity and i've heard other podcasts talk about well it costs more to kill somebody on death row than it does to keep them alive for the rest of their life i find that really hard to believe yeah costs and everything else i just don't I don't see it. I feel like they're doing benefit us when they're just literally sitting there in jail, working in jail. Like they they still get to live, even though their victims didn't get to live. Like that makes no sense. They just get to live inside four walls. Yeah, yeah. Because even those kind of inmates, they're not even working. They're mm-hmm. sitting on death row in a singular cell by themselves. They're not doing anything to benefit our space. Yeah. They're not, they're just, they're not benefiting anybody. They're not working. They're not, you know, down here they do like lawn patrol or whatever. They do the, the gardening for the center aisles. But those those people are able to be rehabilitated. Mm -hmm. These people are not. Yeah. Obviously they're on death row. Yeah. But some of those, like from back in the day when, um, like they had a jury, but it was a lot smaller, especially when it was <clears throat> sheep cried wolf. And, you know, this one particular case that comes to mind, it was a black man, this white girl and him had been dating and her parents were upset with it and they were very racist. Her parents knew the cops and the judge for some reason, somehow he went to jail for raping her. And she was put, or he was put on death row, like over 30 years. They never did it. They never did it. They never executed him. They were right about to, and he kept appealing it because he kept saying that it wasn't true and that they were actually in a, um, like committed relationship and that he never raped her, but that it was her parents that hated him. And then finally, like she like got cancer or something. I don't know. It was this whole thing, but ultimately it ended up being that right on her deathbed she said that what he was saying was true and that her parents didn't want them to be together and they made her have an abortion and then said that he raped her so that way he would go to jail to keep them apart like this innocent man spent his entire life in prison awaiting death row because his significant other's parents hated him like that is awful like that's a one-off I feel like I feel like I mean probably not so much nowadays but I mean, I wonder if there's a lot of people in jail in that type of a situation. Like, yeah, people get appealed a lot. So I wonder if that's why the numbers of people actually being executed are so low because they're trying to appeal because of some type of a situation like that, you know, or if they're just trying to prolong it because they want to keep living. I think it's probably a good mix of both. Yeah. But I think there are also, excuse me, I think there are also a lot of things that need to be re-looked at. Like, people who are in jail for weed. Like, they need to let those people out. That's so stupid. Oh, yeah. Especially if they you know, like, the harder drugs. But stuff like that. There's just no reason for it. So how do you feel about it if 
um, if it's legal now in a particular state and 15, 20 years ago, they went to jail because of weed. So they should they be released now since it's legal in the state or since it was illegal at the time of their crime, they should remain in jail. I think for something like that, for weed, that's not. Um, what's the word addictive? Mm-hmm. That they should be rehabilitated. And if they're able to be let back out into society, because we're paying for them to be in there when mm-hmm. they, you know, I don't know what the legal amount is that you can carry now, but they had barely over that or whatever, and they mm-hmm. got put in jail or they were carrying any of it or paraphernalia that goes with it. And they got put in jail for it like that. I feel like that's a waste of resources. Yeah. And now we have to, again, use our resources to rehabilitate them and put them back out into society and make them working citizens. Yeah. Because they've been in there for so long. But it's not fair for people with the same crimes today, crimes, mm-hmm. to be out and not have anything bad against them. I mean, they sell, they sell weed at places around the corner and right. it's used a lot for people for medicinal uses it helps a lot yeah, it's very accessible now it doesn't from my understanding it's not mind altering to where it makes you go crazy or hurt somebody mm-hmm. it's not an addictive drug where you have to have it you can use it as needed Mm-hmm. and it's safer than some of like we'll say like the opioid epidemic that's happening oh, yes. like it's safer for people to smoke weed chill out get mm-hmm. rid of migraines you know people who have nerve damage or cancer or, or awful you know anxiety I mean? some, yeah like it's used oh. often you just gotta be educated okay to used. educate yourself yeah. on it I know when I was younger, I was very against it. And the older I've gotten, the more I have done my research on it and talked to people about it. I mean, if you would have talked to me about this 11 years ago, I would have been like, hell no, you'll never catch me anywhere around that stuff. And now it could be a different situation because I'm a lot older and I have educated myself and I'm not as naive. I might still be a little naive, but you know. Oh, yeah. I'm the same way. If you would have talked to me 10 years ago, I would have been like, no, it's the devil's lettuce. Don't use it, blah, 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 blah. And now it's more of a conversation with people our age. Do you smoke or do you drink? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, it's one or the other. And that's okay. okay. Where it's, I'm going to do both. You do you, boo-boo. Just don't hurt anybody else. I don't care. Be a good human being regardless. And, I mean, drinking can be worse for people than smoking weed sometimes. I yeah. mean, you can get a DUI. You can hurt somebody. That is mind-altering. Mm-hmm. that's why there is a legal so, minute legal limit as to how much you can consume yeah so i mean just do your shit responsibly yeah psa katie says do your shit responsibly <laughs> <laughs> yes either way if you're experimenting for the first time just have somebody kind of watching over you have a db type of not doing it for the first time <laughs> yeah someone more experienced maybe If you need it, do it. I don't care. Don't commit a crime. 
That's all yep, I gotta say. Pretty much. Just be a good human. <laughs> be a good human. Be a good human. Be nice. Just don't be an asshole. Yep. And if you see something, say something. Yes. So that's all I've got for this yeah, episode. I think that pretty much wraps it up for us. I liked yeah. that. That was fun. So if you guys made it this far, thank you. We appreciate it. Let us know if you liked this episode or not. Um, rate, review, subscribe us on whatever platform that you listen to. I think most people are listening on Apple or Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, and make sure that you guys um, interact with us on our Instagram and social media pages. It'd be fun to get some more interaction and get people conversating and meeting from all over the world. Yes. And let us know since the holidays are coming up, are you a Thanksgiving person or a Christmas person? Mm-hmm. I am a Christmas person. My husband is a Thanksgiving person. I'm I feel Christmas like you're one or the person. other. Yeah. it's <laughs> If you're both, we need to know why. Right. What's wrong with you? Yep. <laughs> no judgment, but a little bit. <laughs> Just uh, about that much. You either listen to Christmas music the day after Halloween or you're just looking forward to the food at Thanksgiving. Those yep. are the two kinds of people in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it, it is very important to know which one you are. And on that note, we will see you guys next week. Yes. Awesome. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to our latest episode of Crime Squared. We'll see you next week, guys.